5 and 10 for Monday, October 16th, 2023. I'm Derek Gilbert, trying to make sense still of the events taking place in and around Israel that uh, have left more than 1,200 Israelis and more than 1,000 people in Gaza dead since October 6th. This week, we turn to someone who's got some unique insight as to why Iran, a Shia nation, a theocracy controlled by Shia Muslims, would be backing a Sunni terrorist organization in Hamas. He is a follower of Jesus Christ, a Bible teacher, a scholar filmmaker, raised in Iran. His family left Iran after the 1979 Islamic Revolution. So he has some insight into what is happening inside the country there. And so uh, last week I had the opportunity to interview Ali Siadatan. Ali, not many of the folks in our audience will have the perspective that you have. Uh, being raised in Iran, um, what what insight can you share as to the mindset behind what is going on? And bearing in mind, of course, the U.S. government is still, as of this recording, not confirming a reigning involvement behind the scenes, uh, even though that's been reported by the Wall Street Journal. Uh, what would be the religious ideology behind this attack that took place uh, just a few days ago as we're recording this? Uh, yeah, the religious ideology is called Mahdaviyat, which means things concerning the Mahdi. And the Mahdi is uh, the messianic figure of Shia Islam. Um, it, it, it means the rightly guided one. And the Mahdaviyat means things concerning the Mahdi. Um, this is not an ideology that was so you know pronounced even in Shizan, it was kind of in the background and when the 1979 revolution happened we were the epicenter of what was downloaded which was a theocracy in article 6 of the constitution says that basically supreme leader has re received his power from allah and is essentially you know like the vicar of this character the hidden imam uh, until he appears, he's the replacement of it. He's he's here to guide things according to you know this this celestial um, power. This is right in the constitution. That's why when people protest, and he allows the protest, and eventually he then pronounces himself on the protest and says, "No, this person won the election," or "No, I no longer agree with this." Then the forces um, uh, uh, can go and push these guys down legally because article 6 is invoked the representative of god has spoken and if you disagree with him now then um, it's a it's a form of heresy it's a form of treason hmm. and so there's an actual law that that is you know applied it seems really crazy for people outside so basically a theology is put forward and gradually over the course of the decades this idea comes more and more to the forefront and on September 28th, um, the Iranian Armed Forces Chief of Staff, General Mohammad Baghari, he delivers this speech, and people can watch it on memory.org. This is just you know a few weeks ago, like two weeks ago. And there, there are all these IRGC soldiers standing. There's several thousand of them. And it really does look like a Nazi rally. Hmm. Uh, and on the ground, it says, Israel must be erased off the face of the earth in Farsi and in Hebrew. And his entire message that this commander of the IRC is saying is about the 12th Imam. His entire speech is about how we are the soldiers of this character, of this. And, you know, while we're waiting for him to come, you know, we must be 
hard at work promoting the cause of Islam, and he gives a list of qualities that we all could agree agree with: perseverance, and you know, not giving up, and and being tenacious, and going forward, etc. And then he ends the speech by saying, "What do you think will happen when he does return? Well, he's going to take arms against the arrogance, which is a term they use for." You know the global powers they call it the international arrogance the great powers like america and europe and russia these are the the international arrogance um those who are armed to the teeth this is what he's saying and and again that refers to you know the great industrial military complexes of the world and he says they'll he'll need an army of righteous people to follow him into this great battle and of course he's talking to these people that are in front of him and if you go back to, let's say I have this um, here, you know, because I've been documenting this for, for, for years. This one is from memory as well, the Middle Eastern Media Research Institute. I still remember when Maps, memory was launched to so the website. Hmm. So on April 22nd, 2005, this is from 2005. Uh, it's from a Iranian news agency, Fars News Agency. Um, Ayatollah Nuri Hamadani, discussing Shiite religious texts, said, One should fight the Jews and vanquish them so that the conditions for the advent of the hidden imam be met. According to the Fars News Agency's report, Ayatollah Hamadani met with members of the Mahdavyat Studies, the group that studies this whole eschatology of Shiism. A Mahdavyat Studies Institute, he praised the Institute's work and demanded that the religious seminaries in Qom also do more to research religious texts and hadith concerning the hidden imam. This is in 2005. But I've noticed how this ideology, which is kind of like something on the side, like not all Christians believe in the end times, not all Jews believe in the building of the third temple. The Shias originally in the revolution, the idea was to have a Islamic state within Iran that's on Sharia law. And then as far as the region is concerned, the main quality these guys talked about was justice. And it was a huge thing in Shiism. So, you know, deliver the holy sites in the south of Iraq from the hand of the Ba'athist party and the Sunnis and the free uh, Jerusalem or Quds, as they call it, um, remove, you know, Israel because it's it's oppressing the Palestinians. So that was about justice. But I saw how over the course of the decades, this eschatological idea became more and more to the forefront. So in 2005, here is an Ayatollah visiting this institute. But now in 2023, there's an entire rally where the chief of staff of the IRGC is personally making a speech. And they also have launched a new um, group within the IRGC. Its entire job is to indoctrinate new recruits into this perspective they're basically they don't know when it's going to go down because they're kind of waiting for the sign that's how they think you know they don't have a plan they have a goal but the timing is in the hands of the 12th imam as he ex will speak it towards through the supreme leader um so they're training the next generation right and because more and more the country has withdrawn from them and they've become more and more isolated from every sector of the culture has over the past 40 years, one at a time, removed the support from them. Even the clergy, many people even in the clergy have removed their support from them. In their isolation, I think they this is their only ticket out. They're like, this will solve all of our problems. If we can actually pull this off and you know sacrifice Israel at the altar 
of the 12th Imam, he will come and the world, world will know we were right. And, and righteousness will fill the earth, al-Shia, and the whole world will know we were right. So the, the, I think the fact that I've been isolated is, is promoting this. Also, when uh, President Trump pulled out of the JCPOA, um, inside of the country, the supreme leader had essentially decided to go with the faction that saw the existence of the Islamic Republic better secured through international diplomacy and contracts. The idea was, if we have these international deals, we can continue slowly behind the curtain to carry out our ideological beliefs, because one of their main goals is to survive. That's one of the chief things that this, that the founder of the revolution handed down to them, that the, the, the greatest pri priority is the survival of the regime, he told them, because they can carry out its goals. It's a saying, everyone says it. Um, so, uh, once he pulled out, um, the hardliners, if we call them here, those who are more religious oriented and conservative and into the stuff, they said to him, you see, we told you, you shouldn't have listened to those guys. You can't trust the the great Satan and, and you can't trust, you know, these guys. They're totally um, uh, controlled by the forces of darkness and they'll, be, they'll betray their word, they'll pull out of their deals. We we should have relied on our on Allah and and just gone forward in, in our thinking. So I think I think I'm not there, but I think he shifted uh, his allegiance to them in aligned with them because I noticed a massive ramp up of this ideology and the manifestation of it, which is comes in circling Israel suddenly a ramping up of that. Uh, since the, the withdrawal from the JCPOA, and especially since the rise of the presidency of Biden. Hmm. Um, um, I think that they feel that somehow the democratic left has a kinship with their thinking towards Israel. They're, it's not a conspiracy. They're not like they're, they're calling each other on the phone, but they're like, hmm, these guys don't seem to mind. They give us money. I mean, they just received $6.5 billion right. from the United States. Well, it wasn't, it was, their own money technically was in uh, South Korea. They had sold oil to South Korea and the money was locked because you have to pay in U.S. dollars. And um, the American government controls, you know, the movement of dollar and can put sanctions, say this this person or this uh, government can't move, can't command the movement of U.S. dollar. So this, this is what had happened. And there was a secret negotiation that we don't know about between the Biden administration and them that saw the freeing of this. And also because of inflation, even though there are sanctions in place about the sale of oil, yet the administration is allowing them to turning a blind eye and letting their ships go through. And they're selling right now 4 million barrels a day, which is full capacity mm -hmm. for Iran. So they're, they're, they're really cashed up. That, they had the money to, 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 to do this. Um, but they, um, So the ideology essentially that has come to the surface it's it's a mixture of anti-Semitism, which was kind of planted there a long time ago, the same way that the Mufti of Jerusalem met with Hitler and founded the Muslim Brotherhood and brought anti-Semitism. And he was basically an Arab Nazi, you know, into that part right. of the Islamic world. And, and those thinkings got mixed with Islam. The father of the last king uh, allied himself with Germany and Radio Berlin began to broadcast in Persian and that, I think, you know, started all the anti-Semitic um, rebellions or uh, harassments inside of Iran and sowed something in the country that then was Islamicized. 
Now, in 1979, when the revolution happened, um, the king followed, he saw himself in the line of Cyrus. And as you know, the Hebrew Bible in its Hebrew canon, the order of Hebrew canon, ends with the decree of King Cyrus. Mm -hmm. That God speaks through Cyrus and and says, you know, go and build my house in Jerusalem, the, go up to Jerusalem. That's how the um, uh, Hebrew Bible ends. But in 1979, the change of the guard in Iran put down the government that held that decree as an ancient law of the country. It was something Iran had a good relations with Israel, and that allowed the king to say, look, even our past records, we have it. Does that exist in Iran too? That we have it, the, the, the Cyrus decree. Therefore, you know, we uphold it. But the new regime said, no, we forget the dynasty of kings. They were not Muslims. They were infidels. And especially at the beginning of the revolution, they were very fervent on erasing the past. And so we now have a new perspective born of Islamic thought concerning Israel. And that will be the law of the land. So th there was this anti-Semitic ideology at the beginning of it. There was this idea of justice and, and how to apply that to the entire region, which meant remove the Sunnis, remove Israel, and ultimately the Christians, and then the Hindus. I know it sounds like a big, tall order, but when you believe that, you know, God has given you power to accomplish your vision, uh, nothing is, you know, too, too bold and too tall. So justice just was a code word for everyone will understand that everybody's wrong and we're right. And then this ex uh, eschatological mataviyat slowly became more and more pronounced. And today, I would say it's the defining um, principle of the government at the level of the parliament, at the level of the IRGC and many people. Now, understand that Iran is a multi-layered system, meaning that millions, like maybe 80% of the country has withdrawn from the government completely. It's really very ripe, like a fruit that's ripe for a change. And since the majority of the people were born after the revolution and after the war with Iraq, there was a baby boom when the soldiers came back. So 70% of the country is under the age of 35. Wow. And, and these people are absolutely want a new life. And they all they saw was this weird thing, and then through the internet and side television, they saw everything. I remember going there once, and these young guys who were in my family and now had you know grown up and they're in their twenties, and they finally understand what was going on. And one of them said to me, "So let me get this straight. Other than North Korea, we're the only isolated country in the world because our leader has a personal grudge with the U.S." And I was like, "Yes." So they're fun, like they're kind of catching up to what they were living under. So they don't want this. That's why Christianity is huge in Iran. It's the where the Muslim revival, like towards not Muslim revival, but the evangelism or or revival, because there was Christianity. I mean, look at the Council of Nicaea. One of the signatories is John of Persia, and the missionaries through the Silk Road. They were they were launched from Persia. Mm -hmm. So there was this ancient Christianity. And now it's really come back in full force. It's leading. And other uh, Zoroastrianism, um, secularism, anything but Islam, basically. That's what these young guys want. And so there is a turning of the guard. Uh, underneath, there's a new growth pushing. But these guys are now fully armed. They, they have, they're fortifying themselves ideologically. They have all the money in the world. 
and they have this laser focus on this is their only ticket out. If they can actually pull this off and summon the Mahdi, then all of their problems are resolved. You can follow Ali Siadatan at his website, thinkagainproductions.com. Thinkagainproductions.com. You can also w- watch his documentary film there on the UFO phenomenon, uh, which is available uh, to watch at no charge. Uh, again, thinkagainproductions.com. Coming up, what we know as of this recording Sunday afternoon about Skywatch TV founder Tom Horn. He is, as you know, uh, trying to recover from a uh, rather serious heart attack earlier this, well, last week. More on that as 5 and 10 continues after this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to make sure you know how you can get your copy of this incredible new book in the Before Genesis Master Collection. When you order the Before Genesis Master Collection from the SkywatchTVStore.com, you'll receive the brand new book, Before Genesis, the Unauthorized History of Tohu, Bohu, and the Chaos Dragon in the Land Before Time by Dr. Thomas Horn and Donna Howell. In this phenomenal new work, you'll learn about the debate raging between the old Earth and the young Earth creationist groups, what the Earth was like during the without form and void era of Genesis 1-2, how ancient archaeological sites like Gobekli Tepe and the Doorway of the Serpent point to an intelligent race of beings on Earth alive before the time of Adam and under Lucifer's fallen influence. And for the first time ever, the conclusion to the events of Genesis that merges all contributing voices from not only the young and old creationist groups, but the scientific community as well into one balanced and agreeable climax. But that's not all. You'll also receive the amazing DVD, What Lies Beneath, The Lost Secrets of the Watchers Below Gobekli Tepe, featuring archaeologist and author Dr. Aaron Judkins and best-selling author Derek Gilbert as they reveal Gobekli Tepe's historical use as a place of watchers' worship, the evidence of a cult that venerated human skulls and reptilian creators, and the links between the god of Gobekli Tepe and the Bible. Also included in this must-have master collection are the digital, downloadable ebook versions of the Earth's earliest ages, Unearthing the Lost World of the Cloud Eaters, and the Apocrypha, including the Book of Enoch. These three masterpiece works will be available for download immediately when you place your order for the Before Genesis Master Collection and are being included in this offer absolutely free. All of these items hold a retail value of over $85. Yours now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. So don't delay. You can scan the QR code on your screen using the camera app on your phone for instant access to this special opportunity. You can also visit us at skywatchtvstore.com or call 1-844-750-4985 and ask for the Before Genesis Master Collection right now. As you probably know by now, the founder of Skywatch TV, Whispering Ponies Ranch Defender Publishing, Tom Horn, suffered a rather serious heart attack last Tuesday. In fact, as he was admitted to hospital for serious chest pain, it was found that he uh, was suffering from a 100% blockage of the artery leading to his heart. He arrived at the hospital just in time for a stent to be inserted into that artery, which restored blood flow. But as of this recording on the afternoon of Sunday, October 15th, Uh, Tom is still struggling. His heart is not restored to full function. Uh, He is, um, as of this morning, according to Joe Horn, and I'm not sharing anything that isn't already publicly available, so we're not betraying any confidences here. Uh, This morning, Sunday morning, that is, Tom uh, 
suffered cardiac arrest, the uh, device that is uh, supporting his heart, which is essentially an external, um, uh, an external pacemaker, more or less, had uh, moved inside his heart, attached itself to the inside tissue of the heart, and that is likely what caused the uh, uh, the heart stoppage this morning. He had to be shocked several times to restore heart function. As of this recording on Sunday afternoon, he is uh, reportedly still um, intubated. He is heavily sedated and still in critical condition in the internal care unit or intensive care unit rather at uh, a hospital in Springfield, Missouri. So uh, as of this point, um, the the Horn family just asking for prayer. They are not uh, disparaging the doctors. They believe that the doctors and nurses on staff where uh, Tom is currently... um, in the hospital or have done everything humanly possible. And uh, so they are, they are thankful for the medical attention that he's received. They are also uh, very much aware that your prayers are, are being heard and felt by Tom, by his wife, Nita, uh, and the rest of the family. So we just ask for your continued prayers. By the time you see this program, the situation may have changed. So if there are any further updates that uh, come to light between the recording of this program on Sunday afternoon and its release on Monday morning, we will, of course, let you know. You can follow the uh, Skywatch TV Facebook page. You can also follow our YouTube feed, youtube.com at 5 and 10. Any breaking news updates regarding Tom's condition will be posted there as well. And, of course, the Skywatch TV app will always have latest information. We can release information through messages sent to you if you have the Skywatch TV app for uh, your iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle Fire device, make sure you've got notifications in- enabled and uh, we can send uh, you know breaking news updates that way as well. Thank you for watching as we keep watch. I'm Derek Gilbert and this is 5 in 10 from Skywatch TV. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.